Talk 1110-993 WBT, uh, hour number three underway. And uh, going over some of the, we've got a major energy legislation. Governor Roy Cooper, the Senate President Pro Tem Phil Berger, and the Speaker of the House Tim Moore, uh, along with the Democratic Senate Leader Dan Blue and the House Democratic Leader Robert Reeves. They've all reached an agreement on key energy legislation. Uh, we will get into that. Uh, we welcome to the program the uh, Speaker of the North Carolina House, Tim Moore. Welcome back to the show. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Pete. How are you today, sir? I, I am doing well. I, and I know I start off like almost every conversation saying this, but I was in Cleveland County again this past weekend. You guys got another Ingalls grocery store that I visited. Um, it's like you know, <laughs> there's there's a lot of house. Well, actually, there's not many houses for sale, but I'll help you find one because there's not a better place to live in this state. And so, you know what? You you come on over here, and you can actually start broadcasting. And besides, the, the air is a little more freer over here than it is in Mecklenburg County. Just say it. That's right. You you do say that. That's true. So, um. Let's talk a little bit about the budget. I'm not taking it personally that I had you on the air Tuesday, and then the very next morning you guys announced a budget deal. I'm just going to believe that you came to some sort of a framework understanding after we spoke, and it wasn't intentionally uh, against me. Your your words actually helped put us over the top. You made it happen. I mean, I didn't want to be presumptuous, but I feel like I played a role. Of some yeah, sort. you did. There, there's a whole section in there dedicated to you. In fact, it's all those great tax cuts. How yeah. about that? Uh, that'll work. That'll work. Not uh, so. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the framework. Can you divulge any details of it um, that you? And this is what you and the Senate, uh, you guys agree on this. Uh, and what does the framework mean in this budget process? What does this development mean for people? Well, so what it, what it does is, uh, and again, we're keeping a lot of the details at this point confidential so that we can have some very frank uh, discussions with the governor. Uh, but what we what we have in there is, is very significant tax relief for businesses, uh, for small business, uh, really a lot for families. We also have taken a lot of the money, the, the one-time federal dollars, and instead of using them to create all these you know, entitlement programs that's happening in a lot of the blue states, we're using them for one-time things like road repairs, improving bridges, um, uh, a lot of capital and construction, really putting those funds out to things that will that are one-time expenses that will pay a lot of dividends. Anybody who sit, who sat in traffic long enough knows we have some issues with our road funding in the state, so we're putting a record amount into that. Really, just trying to use that one-time money for one-time expenses and fixing a lot of things where the can's been kicked down the road for a long time. One of the things the governor has been uh, using as leverage in all of these budget. Uh, debates over the years has been the expansion of Medicaid. I was just going over uh, a big write-up by uh, a senior research strategist out of the Mercatus Center at George Mason University talking about how uh, the the spending plan the, uh, up in D.C., this massive expansion of the health benefits, particularly Medicaid, uh, Medicare as well, and Obamacare subsidies, but this is the major driver of the structural problem we have with the, the budget up there. Um, is this is this something that's on the table in North Carolina for expanding Medicaid as many other states already have? Let me tell you, one of the big problems that we have right now is this mentality of paying people to stay home instead of going to work. Uh, you see help-wanted signs, uh, yet you have people who simply refuse to go to work. 
and and Biden and these these liberals that are there have absolutely they're just destroying our economy and the work ethic. And I'm resisting at, and fighting at every level uh, any type of expansion of entitlement programs and and any incentive that incentivizes someone to stay home and live off of the government instead of going to instead of hitting the lick and doing a job. Um, and so anytime that stuff has come up before, we've always opposed it. Uh, one of the things that's really concerning to us is that the this federal, they're calling it the stimulus bill. It's not. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a train wreck. But this federal bill that's there would basically mandate or require, as I understand, a lot of the enhanced Medicaid coverage that's out there. And so I've got a real problem with that. Uh, so what I can tell you is that I'm resisting any of that now. Um, and, and so I, I'm not agreeing to that, uh, at least at this juncture. And so uh, we're going to continue to oppose it, and, and we'll see how things go. But I, I assume uh, that that will be an ask of what was before. But, you know, uh, that that was – we were put in that situation last time, mm-hmm. and instead of going down that road, we just didn't even have a budget. We did not expand it because we did not want to do anything to incentivize someone from going out and getting a job does it seem like the does it seem like a budget deal can happen this year maybe versus last year or the year before or the year before or the year be- <laughs> i believe so so i believe so because there is so much federal money yeah. uh and there's so much money there that can be used for other things and so i i am optimistic but i will tell you that if we get in a position where we get jammed up over this medicaid expansion again uh, it will it will probably very quickly dim the hopes uh, of getting a budget. But, you know, I want to go into it. We haven't even sat down to negotiate with the governor yet. We know where the governor is. Um, and so we're reviewing the governor's positions, which I'll keep confidential for now. But uh, uh, but we'll we'll start those negotiations in earnest on Wednesday of this week, which, well, that's tomorrow. So tomorrow. Yeah. So um, some good news in the uh, on this front, right? You and the Senate. And the governor, you guys are, or Senate Leader Phil Berger, you guys are all in agreement about uh, 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 the clean energy course for North Carolina. Uh, so uh, it is possible, right, uh, for the for the legislature and the governor to get together and come up with these uh, this kind of grand framework for uh, for a deal, right? It is possible. That's that's correct. And so this is, and you think about one of the more contentious issues that we deal with has to do with energy policy in this country. And and I'm very pleased that we were able to reach a deal with the governor uh, and with the Senate that uh, is another step toward energy independence for this nation um, and also making sure that the rates that individuals and businesses pay are reasonable and affordable and that while it also allows for green energy, which, which we need to have, it also maintains the, uh, uh, the right and, in fact, the marketability for uh, the, the for the utilities to continue to use any other any other energy source you know, like uh, natural gas um, um, you know co- of course coal is gradually just sort of being phased out but use the coal plants that are there and then of course nuclear so not just relying on one one thing or another uh, what we've what we've seen uh, time and time again is that you need to have redundancy both in your power uh, resource and in terms of your grid so uh, this is really a solid policy, I think, that's uh, pleasing to most folks. The only folks who've come out against it now are the far left. They really are against it because they wanted to see a lot more of the 
they wanted to see basically a Green New Deal. Yeah. And uh, you know, our legislature is not going to pass something like that. Yeah. Um, and what of the, uh, I remember uh, after the, the pipeline problems a couple of months ago, there was a, uh, I think a Senate hearing on the matter, and they showed this map, and like North Carolina just does not have pipeline infrastructure for some reason. And so is there any, uh, is there anything in there to, to kind of beef that up? So that's that's not really addressed specifically in this. It's certainly the pipeline access has continued to be allowed. There are those on the left that wanted to restrict and, and bar pipelines, but of course we didn't do that. The, the biggest problem with pipelines right now, though, is not state policy. It's 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 the federal law. It's the things that are coming out of the of the Biden administration. It's the bureaucracy, the refusal to grant the permits for these pipelines. And look, pipelines make sense. It's the it's the it's the safest. And the cheapest way to transport uh, these fossil fuels. I mean, because right now what's happening is they're either put up, being put on trucks or put on rail cars, and they're being shipped down. Uh, and pipelines make sense, but the hypocrisy of the left, you know, the of the folks who show up at the, my office to protest, driving their driving their Subaru or whatever, showing up there to protest, driving that fossil fuel vehicle, talking about how we need to get rid of it. Well, then why didn't you ride a bike to come up there? I mean, it's it, it, the point is, is that we have to have fossil fuels. Vehicles are clearly going more toward electric vehicles. You can see that over time. Uh, but you know, the, the notion that you're just going to stop stop fossil fuels, the notion that you're going to somehow uh, encourage something by making gas more expensive, by by making it so that you can't get access to this, is ridiculous. We need to trust the market. We need to allow the the to use, the use responsibly the natural resources of our country. And, you know, we need to have market-based approaches that make sense. And uh, I think that's, that's you know, the problem right now is we have a president that just doesn't see things that way. Uh, Speaker of the North Carolina House, Tim Moore. Always good to talk with you, sir. Thanks so much, and we'll uh, touch base with you next week. Take care. All right, good luck on the budget. <laughs> All right, that's uh, Speaker of the House, Tim Moore. 